And good morning to you. It is uh, time to take a look at what's going on with the Deschutes National Forest and your recreation out there. Caitlin Webb is with the Forest Service. Caitlin, good morning. Good morning. Thanks so much for being here today. First of all, let's uh, pick up on the snow conditions right now. They're uh, low snow conditions? Yeah, we have had lower than some years as far as snow conditions go. And so we do want folks to keep in mind that it's best not to drive or bike on really muddy trails or roads. This helps preserve the integrity of those roads and trails when things dry back out. So just being careful where we're out recreating when we have less snow than we might have this time of year normally. All right. So the West Bend Trail closures, there's some updates on those, right? There are, yes. So we've been working on the West Bend project for several years now. We're working to restore 26,000 acres near the city of Bend. Most of the closures out near Phil's Trailhead have been lifted, and I can just go over the closures that we currently have in place if, if you're on board with that. Sure, just uh, real quickly, that'd be fine. Yeah, so our current closures right now include Afternoon Delights. That's closed between its junction with Tyler's Traverse, south to junction with Royal Flush. That's a seven-day-a-week closure. Royal Flush is closed between its junction with Afternoon Delight west to junction, and that is also seven days a week. And then we also have Ben's Trail closed from junction number five and Skyliners Road or Forest Road 4601. And that one is closed Monday to Friday from 12 a.m. to 3 p.m. And all those closures are in place for ongoing hauling operations, so really public safety, as we continue to work on restoration projects in West Bend. Okay. Now there's some winter range closures for the deer and elk winter range, right? There are. We do have winter range closures in effect for both deer and elk. Those closures are in effect starting December 1, and they'll last through March 31. So we've got a little bit more time on that. The main focus there is motor vehicles, and that does include snowmobiles and electric bikes. Uh, mo those motor vehicles are prohibited in our closure areas just to protect those animals during the winter months. The, uh, what kind of damage can be done to those ranges, and, and what effect does it have on the elk and deer? Having those closures in place provides a more favorable living condition for those, those animals in the winter. And we usually have those winter ranges predominantly in the lower elevations of Central Oregon. So it's really important for mule deer specifically. And those areas usually have less snow cover and provide vegetation for forage, hiding cover, protection from the weather. So it's really important that we are not impacting those areas during this critical time so that animals are able to find the forage that they need and move around during the winter months. FM News 100.1, KBND. We're talking to Caitlin Webb with the Forest Service this morning. Now, we've talked about a lot of areas you can't go. There's still plenty of places to go. But when you go, uh, we always like to do those reminders of know before you go. Absolutely, especially in the winter. It's really important for folks to remember that we don't maintain roads for winter conditions. So be prepared for ice, mud, snow, whatever those conditions may be. And it's also really great to remember not to re rely completely on GPS for directions because some roads may be impassable or closed during the winter. So be prepared, be flexible, and have other navigation with you as well. 
What sort of thing should we pack up in our car? Sorry about that. Yeah, we recommend. No, you're good. We recommend that that folks have a good list of essentials for the winter in their car. That includes a full tank of gas, flashlights and flares, extra clothes, gloves, boots, blankets, potentially extra food and water. Ice scraper is always really great to have on hand and other items like shovels, a first aid kit, cell phone charger, no tire and jump jumper cables as well. And don't go out there just all casual like, you know, when once you actually get to where you want to go, you get out of the car and you want to start uh, headed up a trail, then you need to have a bunch of stuff on you as well just to make sure these winters around here they can turn on you really quick. Absolutely. It's really important to think about if you end up being stranded somewhere longer than you were anticipating. So again, extra clothing layers, headlamps or another form of light, extra food, plenty of water, and a way that you can connect with folks out there, depending on what you're doing. Beacons are really important if you're doing anything cross-country or backcountry. And letting folks know where you're going when you head out there so that Somebody knows when you left and when you're planning to come back. Yeah, that's real important. Let folks know about this so they can uh, keep an ear on you. Um, One of the things that we've been talking about uh, for a while now is a program about uh, getting out and enjoying the the snowshoeing at uh, Mount Bachelor. This is for people who are experienced or even the inexperienced, right? It is, absolutely. We've got several programs available. So we have... Uh, one program called Snowshoe with a Ranger. It's an interpretive program, and you'll be taken out on a one-mile snowshoe hike. The Forest Service has volunteers that are going to guide you on that excursion, and they'll be providing a ton of information along the way about geology, hydrology, winter ecology, all sorts of really fun information. We're having those programs January through March, mid-March, on the weekends only. And then we're also having other programs daily from March 23rd through 31st. So there's several opportunities. They usually start around 10 a.m. and then end at 1 p.m. And they're welcome from children ages 8 and up. No experience required. And we do provide the snowshoes for those activities. Sounds like a good time to be had. And where can folks uh, go at to get more information and sign up for that? Yeah, they can go to our website, and there's tons of information there. And if they also just Google the Snowshoe with the Ranger program, um, there'll be tons of information that will come up as well. Now, there's another program called Roving Ski Rangers. What is that? Yeah, so we also have another program that we're calling Roving Ski Rangers. So we have volunteers that are out at Mount Bachelor on the slope. They can be found uh, at the Pine Martin Lift and a few select blue runs. And those rangers are available and present to share information about Cascade volcanoes, biology, hydrology, and other fun facts about our ecosystem and the forest. So there's an opportunity to jump on the lift and ride with a ranger and learn about the landscape and uh, the area that you're skiing in. And those programs are operating Saturday and Sunday from January through the end of March, and they run from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Okay. Um, there's a deadline coming up for a, 
hiring for seasonal workers. Now, this obviously has to take place early in the year to plan for next year, but uh, what sort of openings are available? Yeah, we're accepting applications right now for several seasonal positions that range from fire to recreation, natural resources, archaeology, and visitor services. Those positions are going to be seasonal, and they do start most likely around the end of June, but like you mentioned, we're hiring early on for that. And so applications are going to be accepted through tomorrow, February 7th, and interested applicants can apply through usajobs.gov. Any sort of age requirements or previous experience? It depends a lot on the position, and there are different levels of experience and different levels of positions available. And so I would encourage anyone who's interested to visit usajobs.gov and and search the Deschutes National Forest or their local community, whether it's Bend or um, Lapine, and see what jobs come up. And there's a variety of experience requirements, but many are very entry level. And the deadline is tomorrow. Correct. Tomorrow will be the last day that we're accepting applications. Wow. Okay. So get in on that if uh, usajobs.gov is if you're interested. Now, what is a YCC crew leader? Great question. So one of our partners, Heart of Oregon Corps here in Central Oregon, has Youth Conservation Corps crews. And we are helping amplify that they have crew lead positions available These individuals would be leading a small crew of roughly five young adults, and their ages usually range from 16 to 18, and they're focused on a variety of different outdoor conservation projects, and they work with the Forest Service. So it's a really great opportunity for um, earning professional certificates, gaining first-hand experience that you can put on the resume, and an opportunity to work with the U.S. Forest Service in natural resources and work towards a, a future career. What's the, uh, uh, is it a summer job, basically? It is. It's a summer job. So generally, these positions will start mid-June and end mid-August. And that work schedule runs Monday through Thursday. So it is a seasonal position. It's a great opportunity to spend a summer working outdoors, gaining experience, and building the resume. And where do they go for information on that? They can visit Heart of Oregon Corps at their website. So if you go ahead and just search Heart of Oregon Corps, that'll pop right up. And there's a lot of information on their main page about how to apply, when to apply, and more information about where those crews will be located and other other details about the position. All right. Caitlin Webb with the Forest Service. Caitlin, thanks for talking to us today. Thank you. FM News 100.1, 1110 KBND.